Good morning, it's good to see everyone, and Shkoyach for coming. The uh, Gemara tells us in Mesechus Megillah, Mesechus Sanhedrin, that Shloshim Yom Kedem Achag, Darshim Behochus Achag. So part of 30 days uh, prior to Yom Tov, we started already preparing for Yom Tov. So I wanted to take the opportunity in our preparations for Pesach to review a topic that really um, is not only limited to Pesach, it applies the entire year, and that is the topic of Hashem Kalim, even though it comes up uh, most, uh, most, I'd say, with regards to, uh, to, uh, to Pesach. It can come up throughout the whole year, even though we have the Minig, not to Kasher Kalim, back and forth from Milchiks to Fleshiks. Ashkenazim have such a minig, so, now, not, so as not to become confused whether the kli is milchiks or fleshiks. We don't kasha back and forth from milchiks to fleshiks. But it could happen if a person makes a mistake in the kitchen or he's going to stay in a hotel that has a kitchen or renting an apartment that has a kitchen, wants to know how to kasha the kitchen. So many of the same rules that we'll discuss apply uh, to that uh, situation as well. But it comes up, of course, as we know, most, uh, most with regards to preparing for Pesach. So the Pesach uh, tells us at the beginning of Pashas Matos, when Klai Yisrael conquered the Midyanim, so they uh, took possession of their Kalim. And uh, the Pesach tells us, Six types of metal. Anything that came in contact with the fire, you have to put uh, back in the fire. The Choshel Lo Yavabesh, coming to the end of the Pasuk, anything that does not come in contact with the fire, Taviru Bamayim. Anything that does not come in direct contact with the fire has to be put in water. So Rashi explains, Kiderech Tashmisha Hagalosai. This is based on the Gemara Mesechus Psachim, which he's paraphrasing, which states, Kibol Oi Kach Poltoi. The same way it went in is the way that it comes out. So however it's used, that's the way the, the Heksha of the Kali should go as well. So if it was used directly with the fire, says Rashi, in direct contact with the fire, so then it requires uh, what's known as libun. It has to have hechsha uh, through direct contact uh, with the fire, which we'll discuss uh, the particulars in a second. So it needs libun. If it didn't come in direct contact with the fire, it came uh, through the medium of hot water, so then it requires a type of hechsha uh, called hagala. It has to be put in hot, uh, boiling water. And if it didn't come in contact with any heat, it was only used for cold, so then you could just uh, wash it off. You could uh, be Magila uh, B'tzaynin, just wash it off, Hadacha, wash it off, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's good enough. So in this Pasuk as well, we also have the mitzvah of Tfilas Kalim, where the Pasuk says, Ach nida Yitzchata, it has to be put in a mikvah. So even though Tfilas Kalim and Hechshu Kalim are both found in this same context of taking, uh, when we conquered the Midianim, we took their Kalim, uh, there is a difference between Tfilas Kalim and Hechshu Kalim. Uh, the Yitzvahetar over here, the Rishonim that often appears in Shulchan Aruch, this Vahetar knows that Tfilas Kalim is a mitzvah. You make a bracha when you do Tfilas Kalim. There is no bracha on Hechshu Kalim. It's not a mitzvah at all. It's rather to distance us from a prohibition. Because if a person will cook his kosher food in a tray for kli, in a kli that had machal sasur is cooked in it, so as we discussed uh, in the past, what will happen is that the particles of the flavor of the food that was embedded within the kli will come out and uh, will, uh, will affect his kosher food that was in the pot and make the kosher food uh, a problem. Even though there is no uh, tangible machos uh, asuras remaining in the kli, let's assume it's a clean kli, but we discussed in the past that the tam ki'ikar, that the, we see from here that the flavor that gets embedded in the kli is going to come out, the resurface, and uh, will uh, affect his, uh, his kosher food. The flavor of the food will, uh, will, affect, uh, will, will come out of the clean, affect, uh, affect his food. We had this 
as well from a Gemara Masech this Nazir, which comments on the Pesach Parshas Nasa, V'chol Mishra Sanovim Lo Yishta. Not only is the Nazir not allowed to drink wine, but any water that had grapes soaked within it, as the flavor of wine is like wine itself. And the Gemara says, from here we derive that Tam is Ke'ikar. And even though this uh, flavor should have been Batal Barov, we have uh, much more kosher food in the pot than we would have of these particles of, uh, of uh, food, you know, the flavor. Since you could still sense the flavor in the larger tavshil, assuming you can, so then uh, we would say tam ki'ikar, unless you have 60 times the amount of particles that were embedded within the kli. And since we don't know how much the, they cooked in this kli, maybe the entire kli, the entire volume of the kli is saturated with the tam machos asuras, you would need 60 times the volume of the kli in order to be mavatalit, which you will never, you know, usually do not have. So because of all these uh, issues, the flavor of the machos asuras gets embedded within the kli, perhaps the entire kli is saturated with the flavor of machos asuras, so because of that, uh, the Torah requires that a person uh, kasher his kalim before he, before he uses them. But again, the Yisabahetta says it's only to distance us from a machos asura. So if a person doesn't want to use his kalim on Pesach, so there's no mitzvah to, 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 uh, to kasher your kalim. You could buy a new kalim or have an entirely different kitchen and uh, you know, just lock away, put away the, uh, the Pesach dika kalim. You don't even have to sell them. There's no problem with the Pesach kalim. There's no uh, tangible chomets there. It's not bali ro, bali matzeh. So even though uh, throughout the generations there have been those who sold kalim to the Nachum as part of the Mechir Eschamet, some say the Grah did this, in the Nusach of the Mechir Eschamet in the Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, it has that we sell the Balua in the kalim. We sell the flavor that's embedded in the kalim. So the other Achreinim, Chsam Sefer, and others discuss this, and they claim that it's a chuch of etlula. It makes our mechir it's ridiculous. The Nochri is going to buy our Balua and our kalim, and it undermines the whole legitimacy of the Mechir Eschamet. So because of that, our minig is not to sell the balua and the kalim. You just take the kalim, you put it away in a closet, and the minig is, it says in Shulchan Aruch, to seal it off, in order so that you shouldn't become confused between the Pesach Dika kalim and the, and the kalim from more year. But it's not that the person, there's a problem, you know, the kalim ha-chomitz, the kalim are not chomitz themselves, and if you don't have to kasha them if you don't, uh, if you don't want to. Yeah. The only time, though, that the uh, Torah says you have to kasher the kli, this is the Gemara tells us in Masechus of Eidazar, is if it's a Kedera Bas Yoyma, if it's been used for Machos Asuras in the last 24 hours. If it has not been used within the last 24 hours for Machos Asuras, then the Gemara assumes it's called Noy St. Tam Levgam. Even though we generally have a principle called Tam Ki'ikar, the flavor that uh, is like the item itself, and it doesn't, uh, it's not Batu Berov, as long as you can still sense the flavor. If it, uh, 24 hours has passed, and the flavor is embedded within, that doesn't mean leftovers for 24 hours are all no good. What it means is the flavor that's embedded in the clean now does not impart a positive flavor, does not contribute anything positive to the tafsha that you later cook within it. So then we say, only within the last 24 hours, because it'll prohibit the food that's cooked within it. After that, it's nursing tam lafgam, and we would say that it is bottle uh, Isn't that the hetter for the whiskey stuff? Why? Yeah, we discussed that, yeah. Yeah, we discussed that. That's um, part of the issue. So, but, uh, how, so, <coughs> but nonetheless, the Gemara says, so why can't you use every time, and why can't we just have one set of dishes? It was one of the Rishonim only had one set of dishes. There are all. It's quoted by the Torah Sabayas, only had one set of dishes. Why? Because the milchiks, you know, use it for milchiks, wait 24 hours, now it's nice and tam of gam, cook fleshiks in it, the tam that comes out will be about to arrive of the fleshiks, and you go back and forth like this. After 24 hours, so in Mavatlanis al that's true, but he held maybe if it's milchiks to fleshiks, you wouldn't have it. 
only one set of kegum. At the same time, the Gemara says that uh, we don't do that. We don't uh, just wait 24 hours between treif and or, or between basar and then chalav, chalav, then basar, because g'deiru she'ena bas yoyma, atu bas yoyma. We're afraid that uh, you're going to get confused between a kli that is ben yoyma and a kli that's not ben yoyma, and therefore we prohibited mid and anybody from using a kli, even if it's uh, ain't a ben yoyma, uh, you cannot use it for the, either the other uh, gender of food, from milchiks to fleishiks, or certainly from macholos asuras to kosher food, or from chametz to pesach. Uh, if it's uh, ain't a ben yoyma, you cannot, uh, that, that, that doesn't mean that it's permitted. Still but how long is Eina ben Yoma? How long does the food stay in the pot? So there's a chuva from the Chacham Tzvi that appears in the Pischei Tshuva in Yardea that up to 12 months it stays in the pot. After that, come on, how long is this food sitting around in the pot for? And we're still going to be confused. You can confuse Eina ben Yoma, Otu ben Yoma. It's over a year old. Someone unearthed this from somewhere where you still have to be afraid you're going to confuse it. The food particles are still embedded. So the Chacham Tzvi held after 12 months, and we have such a precedent by that, like that from Yainesech, Stam Yainam, which is only the Rabbanan, but he applied that same principle here as well. If you wait the 12 months, then uh, it can be allowed. Lomaisa, the Pishrei Tshuva, quotes from the Panamiris, or Bikiva Eger, who did not accept the argument of the Chacham Tzvi, but it is used as a sniff lahaka. We'll get to in a second in different uh, extenuating circumstances. Perhaps we can evoke the Chacham Tzvi that after it's so old, how long can the food particles remain embedded in the Kli? At that point, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all right. What should be the story, though, with Pesach? So again, the Torah only asked Kedera Bas After it's uh, not a Ben Yoymai, so it's nice in Tamil of Gam, the Tam is Batu Beroiv. But, uh, so what should have been the story on Pesach? So the Shulchan Aruch says the same story on Pesach. Nice in Tamil of Gam, Mutter Gam Pesach. That's the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. So if you have a Kedera Sheinu Bas the only reason you're not allowed to use 24-hour old, old Kalim that you know, was used for Chamis 24 hours ago, the only reason you're not going to use it on Pesach is Midr You might come to confuse it with a Kli that was used within the last 24 hours. A sharp taste uh, overrides these principles. That's the exception to the rule. We have, have to have a whole Shia just on Dover uh, Kharif. Yes. Oh, that's exactly what it overrides, is these rules. But generally speaking, the Shulchan Aruch assumes the rules are the same. Nois in Tamlav Gam, if it gives a negative flavor or an old flavor, is Mutter on Pesach. The Ramah disagrees. And the Ramah says, Yesh Machmir, that we are not making a noise in Tamil of Gam on Pesach. Why not? So Ramah explains that it's because uh, the reason why noise in Tamil of Gam is allowed, he quotes like this in the name of the Ra'ah, is because the Tam, normally we say, uh, the Tam that uh, goes into a mixture is not bottle because Tam ki ikar. But if it gives off a negative flavor, so it's noise in Tamil of Gam, we don't apply the principle of Tam ki ikar. And now we revert back to the old principle of bitul beroiv. The only reason we over the reason you need sixty times macholas asuras that falls into a kosher pot of food is because of tam ki ikar. The flavor is significant. You need sixty times to negate the flavor. At that point, you can't taste it anymore. But if it's nice in tam of gam, we don't apply the principle of tam ki ikar, and we revert back to what should have been the general rule of bitul beroiv. But the problem is chametz on pesach is not bitul beroiv. Chametz on pesach is b'mashu. So the Ramah says even one drop of chametz asks an entire pot of food. Even if it's less than shishim, chametz is b'mashu, it's never bottle. Oh, so okay, one second. So the Ramah says, therefore, nice in time of gam on Pesach is not allowed. So because of that, the Ramah says that this is very important. If a person wants to kasher his kalim for Pesach, so he cannot do Hagala 
you want to do Agola, you have to do it before Pesach. Once Pesach comes, you can no longer kasher in the hot water. Why not? Because how does kashering in hot water work? Do we shine a mask? What am I going to do? Let's say I have a, a pot that was cooked for chametz. Now I'm going to put it in a bigger pot of boiling hot water. What's going to happen? The flavor of the chametz is going to come out into the boiling hot water, and then it's going to invite the... Who, it's not going to listen to our instructions. It's going to invite to go back into the pot that it just came from. So what have I solved by putting in a pot of boiling hot water? It's going to go out, and it's going to come right back in. It's a problem of kalim all year long. So the Rishonim say that's why in order to kasher a kli, you cannot kasher it within 24 hours. You have to wait till it's 24 hours old. After it's 24 hours old, what happens? The flavor goes out into the boiling pot of water. The flavor now is butel b'roiv. Why? Because it's in a big pot of boiling water, and it's already 24 hours old, so it's nice and tam gum. It gives off a harmful flavor. Harmful flavors are butel b'roiv. We don't apply the principle of tam geeker, so it goes into the boiling hot water. But to be arrived, and even if it, you know, at that point it's not going to be able to come back into the pot from which it came. Because but to be arrived. See, that's why you have to wait, generally speaking, 24 hours before you kasher a pot uh, throughout the entire year. So therefore, says the Ramah, that's how kashering pots for Pesach works as well. You wait for it's 24 hours old, the chametz goes out into the bigger pot, but it's 24 hours old, so it's but to be arrived, nice in time of gum, doesn't go back into the Pesach thicker pot. But if you're going to wait till Pesach comes, now chametz is never botel. Nice in time of gamas because it gives off a harmful flavor, so it's botel b'roiv. Now if you're going to wait till Pesach comes, the chametz de katam is going to go out into the bigger pot of hot water, but it's not going to be botel b'roiv, so it's going to come right back into the pot from where it came, and therefore you cannot do hagala on Pesach. So it says the Ramah over here, Because it's going to go right back into the pot from where it came. If you do libu, no, that's the other type of hechsher, where you, uh, you don't, it's not that the time goes out and it's botel, you burn the flavor up, so then uh, the Ramah says, that you can do on Pesach too. So if you arrive at a hotel, let's say, and uh, you want a kasher, you know, in the middle of Pesach, you come after the storm, uh, people switch hotels, so if you want to be able to kasher a little kitchen you have over there or something, or you forgot to kasher something before Pesach, so you cannot do hagala, but libun can be done can be done on Pesach, because Liban uh, burns up the end where it is. So if you had the utensil used for Dovachar, if you can't kasher it normally with Hagala? You had a, sp- uh, a spoon that was used for sharp spices. You can't kasher it. Let's leave Dovachar out. Dovachar is a mamish and entirely different discussion. A spoon, there's no such thing as a spoon used for Dovachar. Okay. It's, it's, like it's usually spoon. cutting. What? Leave him, we'll get to we'll get one second. We'll get to one second. Because of this, yeah, you can't know. Oh, so because Libun is different than Hago, you don't need to wait 24 hours. You could do Libun right away. And because of that, you also can have, uh, there's another important distinction between Libun and Hagola, and that is Hagola, you cannot have any uh, tangible Machol Sasura, so you cannot have any tangible Chametz there. Because the only reason that we can do Hagola is because it's going to, all we have is a flavor. If it's nice and time, Lavgami, wait 24 hours, it goes into the water and it's Bantle Beroiv, and it doesn't come back into the pot from where it came. But if you have Chametz Ben, if you have uh, tangible Machol Sasura there, so then even after 24 hours old, it's still okay. So it's never going to be butthill, unless you have shishim against it, it's never going to be butthill into the, into the thing. So you can never do hagala if you have a be'en there. So for that reason as well, there's another distinction between hagala and libun. With libun, you can have uh, chametz be'en, you can have 
or a machos asuras ben, as long as you, uh, you heat it up to the proper temperature, we assume that that, that burns it all up. So different kalim on Pesach that are hard to kasha, like they have cracks and crevices, and it's hard to really know if you got out all of the ben, so then, uh, so then uh, it's hard, you cannot really do Haggalah for Pesach. This is quoted over here by the Mishnah Bura. It's really based on the Pesach that we read in Parashas Maltois. The Sibba Parashas Haggalah's clay midyan, ach es hazahav. The Pesach says, only the gold or the silver, kloymar. Rock is Hazov, the Hanukisha Ainsham Khaluda, there's nothing Ben, no cracks and crevices. Rock Zahov Bilvan. Then Mayalas Hagala Havatabalua, but Kishayesham Khaluda, Yeshlach Shemi Yesham Khamiz Bimashu. And if you have Khamitz, a tangible Khamitz is never going to be bottle. So because of that, there's another difference between Liban and Hagala. Is Hagala has to be entirely clean. If it has cracks and crevices, you really can't do Hagala, whereas Libun um can always be done because we assume that it burns it, it burns it all up. So, but but it has to burn it all up. Let's say you have a uh, different kalim where it doesn't burn it all up, like a barbecue. So, unless you take a blowtorch to the bar, we're going to discuss other forms of libun. But unless you take a blowtorch to the barbecue. Uh, there's always stuff there. They're never the people, you know, drips and everything. It's always caked in food. So even let, even if you turn on the barbecue for two hours, it doesn't clean out the barbecue. It's edible. I'm not sure about that. It's it's burnt out. If you run a barbecue two hours, two hours at cooking over here, six hundred. Burnt out. No, I don't think that that's true. Uh, I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. In the Paiskimo, the Kashrus organizations say you have to take a blowtorch. To the barbecue, you have to take a blowtorch. Or, but let's say like this. Because Liban burns up uh, all the, uh, the items that, uh, you know, the Be'en, so because of that, though, this is very relevant to every uh, Pesach. So this is relevant to the stovetop grates. The Shulchanach writes over here in Simen Tafnun Aleph Sifhei, and the quoting in the name of the Ramah over here, in the third line, that the stovetop grates, Chatzuva Tzarech Liban. Why? Because we're afraid that perhaps a piece of uh, pasta fell out of the pot, went onto the stovetop grate, and got cooked, got roasted right there on top of the fire. So it's mamish like uh, roasting the chametz on the stovetop grate. So that uh, came in contact directly with the fire without a medium of water. So in order to kasher it, not how go you take the stovetop grate and put it in a pot of boiling hot water. You have to do uh, libun. It should require the more the more severe type of kashering. So the Mishnah Bura asks, though, that this, this, uh, this doesn't seem to make sense for two reasons. The first is, he writes, Zehu rak mishum It's a chumr of Pesach, which we have in many areas of halacha, a chumr de chumitz. Why? Because it does make sense for two reasons. The first is, we generally have a rule in all of Hilchas Basu B'chalav and Tarubis that ain't kadeira, ain't b'liya yaisimi kadeira, kadeira below roitev. You cannot have a b'liya transferred from one pot to another pot unless there's a liquid medium there. So, for example, I take a pot of uh, uh, tray for food and I put it down on my countertop that does not tray up the countertop no matter how hot the pot is. Why? Because the tray for food cannot go through the pot into the countertop unless there's a liquid medium there. If it's sitting in water, so then the tray for food, we assume, goes through, travels through the metal pot, and goes into my uh, countertop. But if uh, there's no liquid medium there, there's a question how much liquid has to be there, but there has to be some liquid there in order for it to go, th- in order for Belias to travel from pot to pot. <coughs> so over here, what's your fear? You're going to put down a pot on top of your stovetop grate. What's going to happen? The chametz piece of spaghetti that was roasted on the, on the stovetop crate is now going to travel through into my pot of Pesach Thika soup? How's that going to happen? There's no liquid. By definition, it's a grate. It doesn't hold water. So what liquid could possibly be there? Do you have separate milk and flaky grates? I used to, yeah. 
Okay, but most people don't. Most people don't. They're very nice rubies. From the Machmirim. But most people don't. You can have... For between Milchiks and Fleishiks? No, no, no. Pesach. 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 So yeah. he's saying it's a chumr to Pesach. Why? Because if this would really be the case, you need libun. So then, if a, uh, maybe a piece of uh, you know, fell on the stovetop grate, and now I'm going to cook uh, milchiks on top. So how could it be? You cook milchiks to fleishiks back and forth, same stovetop grapes. The answer must be says because there's really no fear here. What's going to happen? Nothing. How is food traveling from the stovetop grate into my pot? But even more than that, the Mishnah asked, the minute that it falls there, it gets burned. The reason it got roasted there in the first place is because the fire is touching it, so that itself should serve as libun, that there's no chametz, and that should, uh, should burn it up on the spot. So because of that, the Mishnah Bura treats this, uh, the idea of the stovetop grates requiring libun as a, as a chumrah. And as we'll see, you can get away with what we'll call libun kal. You don't need the, the blowtorches and all these sparks flying. It's enough with, uh, with, a, with a minimal type of heat. Because the whole thing is, uh, is a chumr de Pesach. It would not be machma like this for, throughout the year. So the way to kasha the stovetop grate is simply to put a blech on top. And uh, you turn on each burner one at a time for about 10 minutes. It gets very hot underneath the blech. Very hot. If you turn on more than one burner, you'll ruin your stovetop. So you have to turn on one burner at a time. And that uh, kasha, as we assume, the kasha is the stovetop grate. The drip pan underneath it, what's the worst that could have happened there? Something dripped on it. So it's enough to pour hot water on top of it. Or the minig is to cover all the other parts of the stove. So the, the little cap on top of the burner, you don't have to do anything with it. It's mamish sitting in the fire. So that you don't have to do anything. The stove top, great. The minig is you put a kashrut by turning it. If it's a corning where you just turn it on. Like if it's an electric stove top, you just turn it on for about uh, you know, 10 to 20 minutes so it gets red hot. Uh, but if it's, uh, you have a stovetop grate, where you don't put the pot on top of the electric coil, you have a stovetop grate, so then the minig is to uh, put a blech on top and kasher each one uh, about 10, 20 minutes. Gas burners. Gas burners, yeah. Electric burners you just turn on. Either way, it says over here, though, in the Pasuk, that these, uh, all of these halakhas of Hefshe Kalim seem to only apply to metal kalim. Aksa, zav, akesim, lechesh, zbarz, abdil, afaris, all of these are six examples of metal. What other kalim can be kashered? So the Rishonim had a big dispute about uh, stone kalim, but it says in Shulchan Aruch, Rav HaRishonim, there was a dissenting view, but Rav HaRishonim, Paski, in the Rift, the Russian, the Rambam, you can kasher stone kalim the same as, uh, as metal kalim. There is a discussion in the later Paiskim, the Dark Yitzhuva, what about a, co- a composite uh, stone? You know, if you have a solid granite, piece of granite, so that's, that's the stone they're discussing. What if you, they take, like, quartz, it doesn't come in such big pieces. They have to uh, use different bonding agents in order to make a composite type of countertop. <laughs> so that's a further discussion within the Paiskim, because the composites have plastic involved, and we'll get to plastic in a minute. So some conscious organizations hold you cannot kasha the composites, I think Star K says you can't capture the composites because it's related to the plastic issue. But others say uh, that, uh, that you can capture the composites as well. But generally speaking, stone kalim can be captured the same as metal kalim. What about earthenware kalim? So the Pasuk tells us in Parashas, Whenever you cook the carbonates in the different kalim, you had to capture the clay. Why? Because if you leave the, uh, the, the, the tam, the particles embedded within the clay, it's going to become nicer. You're not allowed to leave a carbon past 24 hours. You have to eat the whole thing. And the food, the, the flavor that's embedded in the clay also would be included within nicer. So you have to kasher the clay. It's called the Mariko Ushtifa. So if it's a metal clay, no problem. You can kasher the clay based on the general rules we had in Parshish Matos. If it's a Klicheres, so an earthenware clay, the Pusik says you have to break it. Klicheres, a Shatavu Shobo Yishover. 
So Rashi quotes again from the Gemara Masechtas Psachim that Heida Torah Klicheres Sheni Yitzmi Dei Doifuli Yaylam. The Torah here is uh, testifying by Klicheres that the flavor never comes out of the Klicheres uh, forever. What does that mean? It never comes out of it. Never comes out. Why can't I cook in it? What are you afraid of? If it never comes out, what it means is let me try to explain. It comes out, but it comes out drips and drabs, you know, and it never all fully comes out. Never fully comes out. But how could it come out every time a little bit? And never fully come out. It must be exhausted at a certain point. So because of that, uh, the Bala Eater argues, based on a rule that we have by Yaya Nesach, that if you do Hagala enough times, it must come out. How can it stay in there for so long? So it says in Shulchan Aruch over here in Hilchus in Stam Yenam, which again is only the Rabbanon, in Simon Kufya Gimel Sif Tezayin, or this is actually by Bishalakum, same thing. Whenever you're dealing with an Isamid the Rabbanon, there's two opinions in Shulchan Aruch if the, the, the Nachri in the house is cooking and makes a mistake and violates Bishalakum. Do you have to kasher the Kli as well? Or is it, is it just the food is prohibited or does the Kalim need uh, to be kashered? And we're Mahmed that you have to kasher the Kalim. If it was genuine Bishalakum, you have to kasher the Kli too. So it says over here in the Shulchan Aruch on the second line, even according to those that you have to kasher if a mistake was made with regards to Bishalakim, you could just uh, do Hagala three times and that's enough because we're only dealing with an Isidur Rabbanon of Bishalakim. So the Balhoiter, though, wanted to, one of the Rishayim, apply this principle even to Machalas Asurais, Chametz on Pesach too, that if you do Hagala three times, at some point it's got to come out of the Kutchers, can't stay in there forever, it comes out drips and drips, and wanted to allow it. So we don't accept the argument of the Balhoiter, but again, it's another sniffa Hakel. So Ramesha is a famous Truva to a Baal Truva, that uh, one of the most difficult things, and you speak to, I've been told from people who work with Bali Chuva, this is a significant issue, that they have to give up all their china, all their dishes. They want to do chuva. They have to uh, you know, empty out the house. And it's a difficult thing to do. In fact, one Rav told me that there was a couple that, you know, this was like a, a hump for them in the middle of the chuva process. And he was maker like Ramosha. Ramosha held that you could put this together with the cool of the Chacham Tzvi. That if you have uh, a kli that hasn't been used for 12 months, uh, we said already, at that point, there's not even Eino Ben Yoma, there's nothing left. And you put it together with the Bala, even though we don't accept that independently, you put it together with the Bala Eater, that if you do Hagoa three times, so then it comes even out of earthenware, even out of the China. So Moshe said, for about tshuva, not, not because if you go antiquing in the middle of the summer and you find a nice piece of China and you want, you can't do that. That doesn't work. But if it's about tshuva, so then Ramesha was Mako to put these two coolers together. The Balaita do Hagala three times and waiting twelve months. And this Rav told me he was Mako like that. Years later they told him that that, that was a significant issue for them and that was the turning point. Because of that, they and, uh, now the Shemit term is it. So anyway, it's an important cooler for Bali Chiva, but in general we don't accept it. Because it's not a clear anymore. But it's still the end of the Yeah, interesting, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, okay. What about uh, the kalim, though, that do not appear in the Pasuk? Metal kalim appear in the Pasuk. Earthenware kalim appear in the Pasuk. We said stone is the same as metal. What about glass? <coughs> a different thing. It's, we know it's made from sand, but what, 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 uh, what exactly is the story with the glass? So that's Machlekes Rishonim. How should we treat glass? So the Shulchan Aruch Paskin that glass is better than, uh, than metal. Glass is better than metal because it's smooth and it doesn't accept any bleas. Shua v'loi bali. So the Shulchan Aruch writes in Hochus Pesach, you don't even have to kasha the glass at all. They don't accept uh, the particles at all. The Ramah takes the uh, opposite approach. His approach is, 
He says, no, that uh, it's made out of sand, so it's like earthenware kegelim. It should be uh, considered to be like kucheres. And therefore, you can't kasher a glass kegelim at all. And as we know, that's our minig. We don't kasher a glass kegelim for Pesach. The question is why? There are mo- some interpret the way I presented it because it's like klicheres. After all, it's made out of sand. The Sharatzian presents another possibility within the Ramah that makes a difference. Sharatzian quotes in the name of Chidusha Ritva, the reason why we don't kasher glass is because it's perhaps it's really like metal. It accepts uh, tam, you know, particles get embedded, but it also comes out through Hagala. The reason why we don't kasher glass is because since it's so delicate, we're afraid it's going to break. But the heat will crack the glass. That's why we don't kasher glass. That's why the Ramah is machmir. Not because it can't come out. What's the difference? The difference is tempered glass. Nowadays we have Pyrex. So would the Ramah be machmir for Pyrex uh, also? It's made to handle the heat. So if the reason we're machmir on glass is because it's treated like earthenware kalim, so then uh, you can't be Pyrex also. It's fundamentally glass. It's somewhat of a different substance, but it's primarily glass. But uh, if it's because we're just afraid it's going to break because it's not it's supposed to handle the heat, so then Pyrex perhaps uh, can be uh, can be allowed. So Bavadia argues that even though, you know, but he's he's biased, remember, because the Svardim are make on glass. So Ravadia always does this. He always tries to stack the deck. So Ravadia says even the Ashkenazim should be make on the glass because the only reason the Ramo was on, by the Pyrex because the only reason Ramo was on glass is afraid it's going to break. Pyrex is not going to break. So even the Ashkenazim can be make with the Pyrex. Lamaisa is. Uh, we're not to make all with, uh, with this. We assume that it's treated like earthenware kegum. What is a uh, uh, further discussion, though, is that the Ramah only says this in Hilchus Pesach. When this issue comes up in Hilchus Hechshir Kegum in Yaradea, the Shochanach once again says his position. Glass is, uh, doesn't accept any bliyos. So you go back and forth, hot and cold, milk explosion to glass for the Svaradim, but it doesn't accept bliyos. But there the Ramah doesn't disagree. He only disagrees here in Hilchus Pesach. So because of that, the Knesset Sagdoyla, the Tshuva from the Zera Emes, or Chashulchan accepts this, that this is only a Chumrah on Pesach. Why? Why on Pesach? Because we're not sure how to treat glass, so it's Machmer on Pesach, by Chomets, that's Issachar, uh, yeah. It's Machmer on Pesach, Chumrah yeah, de Pesach. Like, like the stovetop grates, we go back and forth, so here... Uh, so many, of the, I would say the minig is not to do this. We don't have one set of Pyrex back and forth between Milchitz and Fleishitz the whole year long. It's not the minig, but there are those, uh, that, that Svara is out there as a sniff hakel. That perhaps glass uh, is only a Chumr de Pesach. It's not really the Iker Adin. But I don't think anyone in Ashkenazi communities has one set of Pyrex back and forth that glass the whole year long. Like drinking glasses, glasses. Drinking glasses so is all cold. It's all cold. I'm saying it's all cold anyway. Put in the bathtub. No. So, so once in a while, yeah, we'll get to say that. So glass, um, because of that, it's a sniffler hakel is the glass. So let's say corningware, you know. So the stovetop, wow, it's glass. The lamais is. Uh, You're talking is, about uh, cooking utensils. Yeah. Something you cook with, not something yeah. you put into. Right. So it's still somewhat of an different. issue. Pyrex, yeah, where you cook in it, right. not Pyrex. a glass, not, not a drinking glass. No, vases. No, but trust me. Oh, you have tempered glass, same as a pirate. Yeah, tempered or coffee glass. Sure, glass sure. sure, tempered glass, yeah. yeah. Same as tempered glass, yes. So we're not making the whole year long to switch back and forth from milk inflations, but there are those that argue that it should be mutter, the Archashulchan says, like that, because it was only a chumr de Pesach, the Ramah only said in Hilchus Pesach. We generally don't infer from the silence that the Ramah's position. He didn't comment there. Perhaps he says, well, I already said it in Hilchus Pesach. What do I have to say it in your day for? But uh, so that is somewhat of an issue. The meaning, of course, is to be machmer or the whole year long as well, to have two sets of Pyrex. What about another substance, though, like plastic? Again, plastic is a new thing. 
So Ramayusha wasn't sure how to treat plastic. Ramayusha says, since we don't know how to treat it, we should treat it like Lecheres, you cannot cash or plastic a whole year long, not for Pesach. The other Paiskim, though, uh, many Paiskim, Svita Yeish, the Tzitzeliezer, Rabbi Yaakov Breish, the Chalkas Yaakov, all treated plastic like metal. That you can, it does accept blios. We know it accepts. It changes color based on what you cook in it. So it accepts blios, but it can be kasher, like uh, like uh, like metal kalim. So there were those who kasher plastic a whole year long, but not on Pesach. In more recent years, that was the way I was brought up. You don't kasher plastic for Pesach, and I think that's still the position of the Star K. But in recent years, uh, more you can't leave it on plastic. Can you do hagala on plastic? So, uh, in more recent years, though, the, the OU, the CRC, have been more lenient on plastic, even on Pesach. The major issue is dishwasher is a big issue because it has cracks and crevices. So it's hard to know what dishwasher is. Uh, and we could have really a whole, we need a whole year just on double and dishwashers I don't want to deal with today. The racks. The racks. Dishwashers, I can't. Dishwashers dishwasher. will get too involved. But let's say microwaves, which is a much uh, more directly a plastics issue. So, so let's say the star case says you cannot cash a microwave for Pesach because it's plastic. And that was a minute. Many people didn't cash in the microwaves for plastic. But more recent years, the CRC, though, you are now saying you can cash a microwave for plastic uh, for Pesach. But there's the glass tray. We don't cash a glass for Pesach. So the glass, we don't cash, you know, got glass ever. Shalai had a tree glass or Machman glass that it treated like Klichera, so the glass tray you can't cash for Pesach. Is there really any cooking in the glass tray? Yeah, microwave is cooking. The steam uh, goes up and it heats up into the microwave. So the way you cash for a microwave is you take a cup of water and uh, the steam goes into the microwave and pulls out all the time. I have a metal microwave. You have a convection microwave then. Okay, fancier visual. Is, um, I'm dealing with the target microwaves. Here. Running something through the dishwasher can that constitute hagola? Running through the a good question, interesting point. We have to the dishwashers is really a whole okay. separate, uh, literally an entire an entire discussion. Okay, so plastic again. Now the minute seems to be too. The, the, some people do kasha for Pesach. Some people, some people don't. A big issue with regards to the microwaves or for mica countertops. The minute always was not the kasha right. for mica countertops. Uh, particularly because many of them have cracks and crevices, but nowadays uh, some are saying you can catch for, for microcontents, just like the, the microwaves. The general rule is, though, going back to the Pusik in, uh, in Parashas Matos, the way it goes in is the way it comes out. So we had the two primary forms of Hefsher, a Libun, if it went in direct contact with the fire, so it comes out with direct contact with the fire. What does that mean? So if you look in the Shulchan Aruch over here, Oizayin, like a roasting spit. You need Sparks have to fly. Or the Mr. Bruce says you have to remove the top layer of metal. Uh, same thing. So Ramayusha is quoted as saying that you need a blowtorch on seven to eight minutes on every spot. Not you just, you know, miss around like this. It has this on every spot, seven to eight minutes, a sec- a seconds on each a seconds on each uh, each spot. Minutes would be ridiculous. Seven to eight <laughs> seconds on each spot. But even so, the people who do this have been told if you do it correctly, you'll ruin whatever you're blowtorching. It's gone. I mean, it's over. So you cannot blowtorch. Uh, you cannot really blowtorch uh, too much. Because of that, we don't recommend people blow torch. But it says over here in the Ramah, there are those who are meikel. How hot is Libun? Some say until a piece of straw would be, you know, burst into flames, which is much less. It's generally assumed to be around 400, 500 degrees. So that's much less. 
And the Ramah says you can use Libun Ka wherever you need Hagala, but it has cracks and crevices, and therefore you can't do Hagala because there might be little particles of uh, tangible chametz there. So if you can't do Hagala because too many cracks and crevices, you can do you can do Libun Ka, which is around 400 uh, or 500 degrees, or wherever it's a Chumr to require Libun, you could do Libun Ka. So let's say the stove top grades, we said is a Chumr to Pesach, you can get away with uh, Libun Ka, you don't need Achi any Tzaitzis Nitzim. The self-cleaning ovens, many say, uh, is in place of Libun Chamor. Because even though it's just dry heat, which is not really the same as sparks flying, contemporary Paiskin Kimat, everyone, is Mekel, word dissenting opinions once upon a time, but nowadays it's pretty much accepted that self-cleaning ovens, where it gets to like 700, 800 degrees, is considered to be a Libun Chamor. However, that's only if it came in direct contact with the fire. If it came in through a medium of water, so then the, the Pusik told us, then you just put it into uh, hot water. And however it came in contact with the water, that's the way you kosher it. So for example, it says over here in the Shulchan Aruch, Sif Hei, look down at Hashiran. The way it was used is the way you kosher it. If it was through a klirishin, which means the kli that was on top of the fire, or was once on the fire, then you kosher it with a klirishin. If it was used uh, like a spoon that you use to stir the pot. It was used on the fire. You need to kosher in the pot that was on the fire. If it was a klisheni, like a plate, so you have to kosher it in the klisheni. If it was ira klisheni, something spilled on it, so the way you kosher it is also through something, uh, through something spilling on it. You pour from a klisheni onto it. Or, there was a big discussion in the Pisgum about steam. Can you kosher with steam? That's not one of the things that I mentioned here. But the general assumption is that uh, Ramosha disagreed, but the general assumption is you can kasha with steam if it went in through steam. So a microwave that it goes in through steam, you could kasha with steam. Ramosha said we never found steam. The steam's not mentioned over here. So who's to say steam can do anything? If it went in through steam, maybe you need hagola and hot water. Who's to say steam is anything? But the place can assume if it went in through steam, it come out through steam. But Ramosha does say if you leave steam there for so long that the water gathers and it's very hot, it's 212, that's like hot water too. What do I care if it came from a cleavision or it came, started as steam, as long as it's very hot, you can use that. So because of that, with regards to the countertops, so the countertops, what are we afraid of on Peso? Something spilled there. So you should have to pour eerily cleavision. So you have to take from a, a boiling pot of water and pour it on top of the countertops. That's so how you have to capture the countertops. The problem is, it has to hit every single spot directly from the pot. If you pour at the top of the countertops, if your kitchens are made properly, they should slope down and the water runs off. So people sometimes pour at the top and they let it run down. That's no good. Because that's Irish and Ischau. It has to come directly from the pot. So you have to pour directly on each pot, water, 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 boiling, 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 it's going to run out. So you have to go back and boil more. And then it gets messy, your whole floor is full of water. It's a very messy business. So because of that, so some uh, wanted to uh, say, well, maybe just use a steamer. So there are industrial steamers, not, uh, not your clothing steamer that you buy in Sharper Image, but if you have an uh, industrial steamer that gets, the water gets to 212, so you can buy such a steamer, you can kosher the countertops if it's uh, granite or something like that, you can kosher it, or plastic, according to those who kosher plastic, you can kosher it uh, with the steamer as well. It says in Mishnah Brura, though, that for the countertops or for the sink, all the same thing, we're afraid something spilled on it, you need an Evan Maluban, a hot brick. Why? Because maybe once you put the, down a hot, solid piece of food. And there was a chumrah from the marshal that a hot, solid piece of food, the whole distinction between klirisha and klisheni, the pot that it was cooked on the fire, the pot wasn't on the fire, is only with regards to liquids that they, should, they take on the contours of the pot in which it was in. But a solid item, which is known as a dover gush, that doesn't take on the contours of the pot, 
So then uh, wherever it goes, it's like a traveling Kulirishan. So maybe a hot piece of chametz fell on your countertops. If you want to caution the countertops, you have to put a hot solid item there as well. So you have to put a hot brick and then pour the water over the hot brick. So here, many Paiskim, uh, the kashrus organizations are not machmer like the Mishnah Bura. Man, the Rabbi Yitzhak Ochan has a truth, and then Yitzhak disagrees. You don't need to do that. This is a many chumras together. What is the fear already with the countertops is that something fell, then what are you going to do? Put a hot piece of chametz there, and then a hot piece of peasant food there, and then eat it. And the whole chumra of the salads is, uh, is, uh, is a chumra. We generally don't think we treat it as a chumra, that the, the salad doesn't have a difference between klirish and klisheni. So to go so far... Uh, with regards to the countertops, we don't have to go that far. Mm-hmm. Another reason why it's a chumrah, gabi chumrah, is because the Shulchan Aruch tells us over here, or Yisud Beis, that uh, w- when we're trying to determine what type of hechshah you need, so what if it's used in different ways? Sometimes it's used, and we said if it's used directly with the fire, you need libun. Directly, if it's used with the medium of water, hagala. What if sometimes it's used one way, sometimes it's used the other way? So Shulchan Aruch says you go based on roiv. You follow the, the majority of the way that it's used. The Ramah disagrees. I said, Rive? What minute? If it was once used with hot, you know, directly with a fire, I, in order to get it out, I have to use fire in order to get it out. How can I use Hagala just because if it was once, or let's say it's generally used with cold. Once I used it with hot. So the Shulchan Aruch says, okay, so then you don't need to cash it at all. It's enough, just wash it out, you're good. Rive is with cold. And the Ramah says, no, but once you used it with hot, maybe in order to get it out, you have to, you have to kasher it with hagala. You should have to kasher it with hagala. So the Shulchan Aruch is mekel that we go based on the roiv shimosh. The Ramah is machmir that even we have to worry about the minority usage. We always go to the, you know, the chumrah, the lowest, the highest common denominator of chumrah, however, the, the most severe form of, uh, form of hechsher. However, that's, uh, that's a chumrah of the Ramah. There are Shulchan Aruch held you go based on roiv. So because of that, the countertops are generally used for cold. So yes, we're machmer, that maybe once it was used for hot, and a hot piece of chametz fell there, and now you might come and put a hot piece of pesachliker food there. But rove is with cold, and to put on now the chumrah of the hot solids, there's so many chumrahs, so many amekel, you don't need this, uh, this evan meluban. The final point, though, is how do we understand the Shulchan Aruch? Well, how can that be that uh, you go based on rove? It's such an odd thing. So the stipler says, explains in the Kilis Yaakov, that when we are determining, you know, we say Kabo Kach Polto, the same way it goes in is the same way it comes out. What that means is that we're just determining which form of Heksha you need. But we don't care about the particulars of how the, uh, the flavor got imparted into the Kli. We're just trying to determine which box do you fit in. Hagala, Libun, Iroi, however, you know, pouring. We don't care about the particulars of how it went in. So once the Roiv is Tsoinen, just wash it out. The roiv is through medium of water, hagala. Even though once in a while you might have used it for leaving, it doesn't matter. We're just trying to determine uh, which form of hasha you need. Also, for example, this comes up. Let's say you have uh, uh, something that was, uh, went in at a temperature less than 212. Water. That went, a blia went into a pot with two water, but less than 212. Hagala is typically at 212. Do you need to kasha this pot at 212? Or perhaps it went in at less than 212. So the big machloek is in the Dark Two opinions. Some held that no, like uh, that, uh, that the same way it went in is the same way you know it came out. So uh, so if it went in at one seventy, it come out at one seventy. If it went in at two twelve, then you need two twelve. That's like the Ramah. The same way it went in is the same way it came out. The Shulchan Aruch said no. What it means is we're just determining which form of hechsher you need. We don't care how it went in or how it went out. So even if it went in at one seventy. 
But there's no form of a Hagala at 170. Hagala is typically 212. So you need it to come out at 212. It's a fancy chocolate equipment that cannot, if you heat it up too much, it ruins the equipment. So chocolate equipment has to only get up to like 170 or 180. More than that, it ruins the equipment. So the shayla is, can you be magalit at 170, 180? You have to put it up uh, to 212. Well, this comes up with regards to all of our ovens. At our ovens, nobody cooks at 700 or 800 degrees. So the shayla is, how are you going to kasha the oven? Well, if it came in direct contact with heat, it should require, we said, libun, libun chamer. There's not a chumrah over here. The oven came direct contact with the heat, should require libun, libun chamer, uh, 700, 800 degrees. So if you have a self-cleaning oven, okay, very nice. But if you don't have a self-cleaning oven, how can you kosher an oven? Or, so how can you kosher it? Why can't you turn up to the highest possible? Because libun chamor is 700, 800 degrees. Nitzitz is So libun chamor, so if it's just determining a, a which category of hechsha you need, it should be 700, 800 degrees. So therefore, a Moshe held before the self-cleaning ovens. A Moshe held for Pesach, you need a blowtorch. If you can't have a blowtorch, you need an oven box. There's no other way of koshering an oven. However, by either quotes from Rabbi and Cutler, that no, we could be maker like the Svar of the Ramah. That we care about the particulars of how it went in is how it comes out. If it went in at 170, come out at 170. When in at, uh, you know, 350, come out at 350. So because of that, Rabbi said you could kosher an oven by putting it up to its highest thing. You leave it like that for an hour. Kabo, kachpolto, the same way it went in is the same way it comes out. And last thing, really, is the warming drawers. The big difference will be, what about a warming drawer? According to Rav Moshe, and even those who have self-cleaning ovens don't have self-cleaning warming drawers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the star Kayla Moshal is Mahmer like Rav Moshe, that you needed to self-clean the oven, you cannot be makel to put it up to 400 or 500 degrees, so a warming drawer you can't kasha for Pesach. Yeah, but a warming drawer you can't kasha, I think they say a warming drawer you can't kasha for Pesach. Because Rav Moshe said, you need, uh, need Libun Chomer, you can't get that in a warming drawer, but if you're going to be makel like Rav that Kaboa Kachpolto, so you put up the warming jaw to the highest thing for now, and you leave it like that. Okay. Where does that, where does that come from? That's nine. Only nine.